Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. I love that. I love that. I love that. Well, while you're standing, if you don't mind for just a second, I just want to take just a second just to read God's Word. Just in honor of God's Word, if you can't stay standing for just a second, this is what the Bible says. We're in a series called Legends. Everybody shout Legends. Yeah, and Legends is just this idea that we're going to be looking at some past heroes in the Bible that, that we look up to a lot, but man, how that connects to our faith now. And I'm really excited about it today. We're going to talk about somebody I think a lot of us have heard of, but this is what the Bible has to say. It's in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, and thank you again if you're able to stand in honor of reading of God's Word. It says this right here. What's that first word on the count of three? Let's say it together. One, two, three. Therefore, all right, so when you see that, let me teach us a little bit really quick. When you see the word therefore, I want you to ask in the Bible, what's it there for? All right, so we're going to learn a little something today. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. So that word that's there, therefore, what's it trying to say? What, what it's trying to tell us is there's something before this that comes right before what we just read that you and I are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses that, that guess what? There's something important to what's right before that. And so I want you to know that Hebrews chapter 11 talks about these people, these legends of the faith. And I love the fact that it talks about all the incredible things that they did with their faith. And then it says, therefore, because of what they've done, guess what? You now in this life of faith are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. So I don't know about you. Maybe you feel like you've been running on empty. Maybe you've been doing this life alone. Maybe you feel like you've been doing this faith journey alone. I want you to know today that that's not what the Bible has to say about you. That there have been thousands, millions, billions of people before us that have gone before us in this life of faith. And I just want to encourage you today that guess what? God wants to use you. God wants to use your faith. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, watch what it says. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And then watch what it says, and let us run. Somebody say run. Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Just really quick, if I can just paint this picture of what I see as I'm reading Hebrews chapter 12, is this idea that you know what you and I are? We're on this track of life, right? We're on this track and we're running around and, and the, the thousands, millions of people that have gone before us in this life of faith, they're up in the crowd and they're cheering us on as they're saying, hey, listen, you can do it. Hey, I know that that faith is hard to have in this day and age, but you may not, I got you, I've been there. I've done that, I've seen it, I wanna encourage you today. And so I think if one thing, that if, if what we could do is imagine that when you hear a big crowd noise, like you can imagine it's hard to pick out singular voices in the crowd, right? But if we could, what I would love to do is like pick from Hebrews chapter 11, these people that have gone before us, and just pick some of them out of the crowd. And if they could join us on the track and run this race for a little while with us, what would they say to us, right? That's what this series is about. This idea of legends that have gone before us in the faith. And we're going to look at this guy today that maybe you've heard of him, maybe you haven't. But we're going to talk about this guy named Abraham. Somebody shout Abraham. 
That's who we're going to talk about today. But one more time, I'd just love to pray for us as God would just have his way and do what only he can do and speak how only he can speak today. Come on, let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for today. God, we honor you. God, we love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for Jesus. And I'm so excited just to be able to see how we're going to learn from this Old Testament story of, of a guy that had so much faith, a guy that was known for his faith, and yet he was used by you. He was ordinary just like me. He's an ordinary, just an everyday guy, but you used him to do extraordinary things. I just believe that, God, you want to do that in this place today, Lord. We love you. We honor you. And it's in the mighty, awesome name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Once you high-five somebody on your way to your seat and say, man, I'm glad you made it to church today. I'm glad you made it to church today. I love that. I love that. And go ahead and have a seat. Have a seat. Well, I'm so glad that you're here. Thank y'all so much for being at church. And one more time, I just want to start off today. This weekend is more than just a, a weekend to have a good barbecue with your family or go to the lake or whatever. This weekend is more than that. And I, I want to just take, again, another second just to honor uh, all the military men and women that have gone before us. Uh, when it comes to this country that we get to serve, and as, as messed up as sometimes this country can be, right? We all understand that. Man, we still serve a, a, a we, we, we're able to have freedom of worship and, and all of that in this country. And I just want to take just a second just to honor the men and women that have gone before us, that gave their life, and, and, and maybe, again, it, it, whether it's either military or even law enforcement, whatever it might be, that we get to just worship God freely in this country. I'm so thankful for it. I don't know about you. And so... One more time, can we just thank, if there was anybody that did serve in our military, it's in this place. Man, I just want to tell you, thank you. Even the ones that gave up their life, that's really what this, this weekend is for. The people that, that have died on the line. Man, can we just honor them by putting our hands together and just saying thank you as a church. Man, we love you guys. So thankful for you. Honor is our posture. Honor is something that we do, we're going to be known for. And so I just want to tell you guys, thank you so much for, for, for just giving your life, serving your families in order that we might be able to come. To, I about fell off the stage. I'm sorry, y'all. In order that we might be able to come in this place and be able to worship God freely. So thank you for that. I'm excited about our series today that we're continuing called Legends. Somebody shout Legends. I like it. And we're talking about this guy named Abraham. How many of y'all, just a quick all skate, we're all on the skating rink together on the floor. How many of y'all have heard of my man Abraham from the Bible? Anybody out there? Okay, all right. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you have. Um, but, but if you maybe, if you grew up in church or uh, maybe you didn't grow up in church, it's okay if you don't know anything about Abraham. We're going to walk through his story today. It's going to be a lot of fun. But I grew up in church, like my parents uh, were youth pastors for years. And I grew up, excuse me, I grew up like nine months before I was born in the church. Come on, somebody, right? And uh, I was there. And as a kid growing up, we had these crazy songs. Anybody ever heard like crazy songs from Sunday school? Anybody been there? Uh, like, if you don't know, there is a song about my boy Abraham. And how many of y'all know where I'm going right now? Some of y'all know what's happening right now, right? Because I remember us singing this song back in the day, and I had no idea what it meant. Didn't have any clue what was going on. But there was a song about Abraham that started out a little something like this. If you know it, join me, okay? It goes like this. Father Abraham and many sons, and many sons have Father Abraham. I am one of them. Come on, y'all some Sunday school people. So let's just praise the Lord, right? And then you go like this. Right arm, Father Abraham had many sons, okay? All right, many sons. Yo, no, no more singing, no more singing. If somebody comes in late, they're like, what the heck is going on right now? Like, what is this? All right, Timmy, it's time to go. You know, like, let's go. 
but, but that's what would happen. We sing Father Abraham, we go right arm, left arm, right foot, left foot, head back, tongue out, turn around, Father Abraham. I mean, okay, like, and when people think of the church sometimes, they, that's what they think of, right? They're like, oh, what in the world is going on? How many of y'all have ever sang Father Abraham before? Come on. I like it. All right, good. So you gotten dizzy in the children's church before from spinning around, falling down, singing about Father Abraham. I, I, maybe you've heard that. Maybe you haven't. It's okay if you haven't because I want to teach us a little bit about this guy, this legend of the faith when it comes to this man named Abraham. And so if you, if you have a word that is attached to this guy named Abraham from the Bible, I want you to understand that the word that's really attached to his life is the word faith. Right? It's, it's faith. It's this idea of faith. And again, the, uh, as a church, we want to be known for our faith. We want to be known that faith is our reaction, that we're not going to react out of fear, that we're not going to react out of just, oh my goodness, what's going on? But faith is going to be our reaction when it comes to things that we do. And so again, this guy right here named Abraham, that is literally what he is known for in his life. Again, you go to the Older Testament where he actually lived, right, in, in that time. You, anytime he is mentioned in, in the Older Testament or the Newer Testament, this word faith is attached to Abraham. And I think about the word faith, that's a churchy word, right? It's one of those churchy words that sometimes we may not know exactly what that means or the fact is that we may not have think that we ever have exhibited this type of faith. Um, but what Webster would define faith as just this. Faith is the complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Right? That's what faith is. So I, I kind of just put my own definition around it. It's this idea that faith is, the, is this idea that when you don't have a clue what's going on, you still go there. Come on, somebody. That's, 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 the, that's, the, that's the DMV, the Dustin McLean version. Come on, somebody, right? That, that's my idea of what, what faith really would be. It's, it's that when you don't have a clue what's going on, yet you still go there. And you may not have think, you know what, I've never demonstrated faith in my own life. Did you know that today while you came in here, and had a seat on your, on your chair right there that you demonstrated some faith. Did you know that? Tap your neighbor and say, you got some faith. You got some faith. Let them know. You got some faith. You know why you came in this place today? And listen, real quick, these chairs are in here. And, and when you came in, you didn't inspect the chair before you sat down. You didn't ask how many pop rivets or how many screws was in the chair. Right? You didn't say, okay, where's this thing made at? How long has it been made? How long has it been this way? You know what you did? Come on, you set your butt down. Come on, somebody, right? Didn't he think twice about it? And I'm happy to report, by the way, because the generosity of Purpose Church and just you incredible people, guess what? You're not going to have to sit your butt on these chairs for much longer because we got brand new padded chairs coming by the end of the summer. That's good news, right? That's good news. Some of y'all like, praise the Lord, right? Lord, these things hurt your behind. But got new chairs coming. I'm excited about that padded. Oh, boy, you ready for some church now, right? Uh, so, so, again... You've demonstrated faith by just having a seat, by just sitting down. That You didn't have to know all of the answers, but you still put your full weight down. Yeah. You, were, you were saying, you know what, I'm going to sit down and trust that this chair is going to hold me up. And I think that's the same way when it comes to faith, is this idea that, again, faith doesn't mean that you don't have questions. I want you to understand that. That's not what faith means. Faith actually means that even in the midst of questions, you still trust. That you, and I want to just gear your faith towards trusting in God. Right, that's what I want to gear your faith towards today. And I want you to write this down. Good definition for what faith is, working faith, is this idea that you and I are going to trust that God always does the right thing. That's what faith is, is that we're going to trust that God always does the right thing. And the reason why we need to spend some time talking through this, you know why? 
is because, let's be honest, a lot of times we don't think that God is doing the right thing. If we can just be real honest in church today, if you've ever been like me, there's been times in our life uh, where you've said, you know what, God, are, are you sure that's what you're supposed to, you know, that's, that, that's supposed to happen? I think even in my life, over the last couple of weeks, I look around our country and as, even our community, I look around and just say, hey, are you sure, God? Are you sure that's the way it was supposed to happen? Are you sure that, 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 that you're doing the right thing? And I think today, uh, to the sermon, this idea is going to be for anybody that has ever had questions for God. I don't know if you've ever been there. I want you to think about it for a second, though. I've been there. There's been times where I've questioned God, where I've said, God, hey, 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 what is going on? Why, why is this necessarily happening? And again, faith does not mean that we don't have any questions. Faith means that even in the midst of questions that we still decide, you know what, I'm going to trust that God is always going to do the right thing. And again, we're going to look at Abraham's story in three parts. So we're going to learn about this father Abraham that we just sang a weird song about, right? We're going we're to learn about his story and when it comes to this idea of faith. And again, there's a lot of people out there that would say that faith is just a crutch. Faith is just blind, that you just do whatever and you just kind of just follow along all sillily. That's not, uh, sillily, is that a word? I'm making it one today, okay? But like, like I don't, that's not what faith is. Faith is trusting that God, you are so much bigger than I am, and there are simply things that I am just not going to understand. You know what faith is saying? It's saying, I'm okay knowing, but just not right now. I'm okay knowing later. That's really what faith is. I'm okay not knowing all the answers right now. I'm going to trust you that God, you are doing all the, you are always doing the right thing. And again, as Christians, our job, we are to pursue understanding, right? We're not just to walk through this life blindly and all that. We're to pursue Understanding through the reading of God's word, through prayer, through community, through church involvement, engagement, and all of those things, right? That we're going to be growing in our faith. But people of faith have to be okay with not knowing all the answers all the time. All right? Tap your neighbor and say, you know what? You may not know. Tell them. Say, say you may not know. Come on, tell me. Come on, talk with them. You may not know, but that's okay. Okay? I want you to know that. That that's what faith is, is that trusting that God always does the right thing. We see Abraham show up on the scene in the very first of the Bible in Genesis chapter 15. So the very first book of the Bible, Abraham shows up and the Bible tells us a little bit about the story of Abraham whose original name was actually Abram. Okay, so what I want to just kind of walk us through is this story of how his faith, how it was changed. How God used different situations to really encourage his faith. And I can't wait to just talk about that. And it starts in Genesis chapter 15, verse number 1. It says this. If you're ready for some more of God's word, say, I'm ready. Amen. This is what it says. It says, sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram, a.k.a. Abraham. He changed his name a few chapters from now. In a vision, and he said to him, hey, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. So you've got to understand that God is wanting to bless Abraham, right? But, he, but Abram replied again. Same dude, Abram, Abraham, he changes his name a few chapters from now. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, listen, what good are all the blessings when I don't even have a son? Right, so you got to understand during this time, the way that you passed blessing down and wealth and uh, things was through an heir, through a son, through your family. And watch what Abram's saying, he's like, yo, I love all the blessings, all the blessings are good, but I don't even have a son since you've given me no children Eleazar of Damascus, he's a good dude. He's a servant in my household. But, yo, he's going to be the one that's going to inherit all of my wealth. You've given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants is going to have to be my heir. And then watch what the Lord says. 
Then the Lord said to him, he said, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. And then the Lord, he said, Hey, follow me outside. Come on, let's go outside. And I want you to look up. He said, Abraham, uh, uh, look up into the sky and count all the stars if you can. And guess what, Abram? I want you to understand something. That's going to be how many descendants that you have. All right? So, so I want us to get this idea that when, when Abram first shows up on the scene, God is telling him, hey, you're going to have a lot of family, okay? There are going to be descendants that come from you. And what I think we got to understand is that at this time, Abraham has no kids, okay? Zero children. And so you got to understand, as he approached, as he's approached by God, this man is 75 years old when God is approaching him. 75 and say, hey, you're going to have lots of family. You're going to have heirs. You're going to have, I mean, generations are going to be changed because of you. And I want you all to understand that Abraham's like, yo, I ain't even got a kiddo. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even have any family other than me and Sarah, my wife. Like, what in the world? How in the world are you going to do that? And again, I think it goes back to this idea of what that definition I gave you that you wrote down of faith is. Faith is trusting that God always does the right thing, even if, there's a couple of even ifs I want to give you today, even if it's not on our timetable. So I want you to think about that, I, I, that we're going to trust God, that Abraham was going to trust God, even if it's not on his own timetable. I don't know about any of y'all. Is there anybody, if we could just be honest in church today, is there anybody in here that's impatient in their life? Come on, wave at me. My dad always said growing up that I have patience as big as my little toe. Come on, somebody, right? Because I had no patience, right? I, I didn't have any patience, and that's the same thing, honestly, that happens a lot of times with you and me when it comes to God. When it comes to our relationship with God, when it comes to the promises of God. And again, what I want you to understand is that Abraham receives this promise. Hey, Abraham, you're going to be a dad. And you're going to be a father of many nations. That's what you're going to be. Like, you're going to be that. And, and again, he's looking around saying, yo, that's great. But I don't have no kids. I don't have anybody that I can pass. How in the world is that going to happen? And what I want us to know and what I want you to realize is that this promise didn't come into fruition for another 25 years. You got to understand, 25 years that this man is waiting on the promise of God, and we see that he's waiting for this, this one thing that God was telling him about, that, you know what, God, how? Why, why, how's this going to happen? Even if it's not on our timetable, you and I have to have faith to say, you know what, I'm trusting that God always does the right thing. See, it's hard to have faith in God when he doesn't answer right away. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever felt like, you know what, God, I've been praying, like, where are you at? Like, God, God, I've been asking you, like, wouldn't it be great if we say, you know what, God, or, or if God told us the promise, and then automatically it happened, and it'd be like, ta-da, woo, we got our promise, come on, somebody, right, that'd be good, but let's just be real, none of that actually requires faith. Yeah. See, God promised Abraham that he would have a multitude of generations after him, and yet he still has no son. And God, is, and I think about this as the more I study God, the more I learn about God, the more I know about God, is that God sometimes takes a long time, right? Come on, all the people that are saying, right, they've been waiting for something, okay? Like, we've been there, and, and, and this is my thing, until we get comfortable uh, with the ways of God, we'll never enjoy the full relationship that God has to offer us. God takes a while. Guess what? What happens is, and if you're anything like me, if you're anything like Abraham, what begins to happen is even if it's not happening on our timetable, what do we do? We take it into our own hands. We say, you know what? I'm going to fix it. I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something about it. And we find Abraham does the exact same thing. Watch what it says. There's just a chapter over, Genesis 16, verse 1. Now Sarai's wife 
Abram's wife had not been able to bear children for him. Watch what she says. She's like, I know the promise is supposed to come, but maybe it wasn't the way that God thought it was supposed to be. Maybe it's supposed to be on a different timetable or a different way. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarah, come on, the Bible is like a soap opera, y'all. Y'all just, just need to read the Bible, okay? Like, watch what happens. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarah said to Abram, the Lord has prevented me from having children. I know the promise is there, but he's prevented me. How about you do this, Abram? Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And watch Abram, okay, all right. All right, I guess I'll take one for the team, right? Okay, I guess we'll do it that way if you want me to, right? And so what we see right here is Abraham takes it into his own hands, right? He says, you know what? It's not, on my, it's not, on, it's not the timetable that I'm thinking about. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do it my own way. And Abraham sleeps with Hagar, and they have a son named Ishmael. And just so you know, drama ensues in the house. Come on, right? So this was Sarah's idea. She starts getting jealous of Hagar. There's a lot of soap opera, young and the restless, days of our lives stuff right here happening in Genesis chapter 17 and 16. Okay, go read it this week. I'm telling you, it's crazy. All right, so it's just wild. It's kind of this drama ensues. And they have this son named Ishmael. And this, if, you, if you study the line of Ishmael, actually, he becomes the father of the Arab nations, which has been fighting against the people of Israel and the God's people for thousands of years since then. So you got to understand that when we try to take things into our own hands, it can only lead to a bad thing. So I want to encourage you that faith is saying, you know what, God? I'm trusting you even if it's not on my timetable. Even if it doesn't happen when I think it should happen. And I think if Abraham could come out of the stands onto the track of faith that we're running and he could say anything to you and I, I think he would say, you know what? I know we live in a microwave society. I know we live in a society you think it's got to happen. Like you start praying one day and it should happen the next or it should happen the same day. But just imagine for a second, Abraham would come out and say, you know what, hey, I know that's the society that we may live in, this drive-through society, but the promise of God, listen to me, wait for it. Somebody shout, wait for it. Wait for it. Now, you got to wait for it. It will be worth it in the end if you will wait for it. That job that you've been praying for and doing well in your job now, listen to me, wait for it. That spouse that you've been praying for for years and years and years, listen to me, wait for it. That, that sale to finally go through and instead of you trying to push it through yourself, guess what? Wait for it. The promise of God, wait for it. The calling of God, wait for it. There is a season of fruition and until that comes into play while you're in this waiting season, come on. I'm trying to ratchet up your faith to say, you know what? God does the right thing, even if it's not on my timetable. If we believe that, can we give God a big shout of praise in this place? I love this New Testament verse where it talks about the, the Lord isn't really slow, being slow about his promise, as some people may think. No, no, no. He is being patient for whose sake? For your sake, for my sake being patient. It may not be on my timetable, but guess what? I'm going to trust that God does the right thing always, and even if it's not on my timetable. God, God doesn't need our help with timing. God needs our obedience. I'm going to say it again because some of us didn't get it today, okay, right? God doesn't need our time, like our help with timing. God just needs our obedience. What is he asking you to be obedient to right now? Be obedient even if it's not on your timetable. Okay, number one, that's number one. Number two, I'm going to tell you this, this idea 
is that God, a faith in God is believing that God is always right, even if it seems crazy. Even if it seems crazy. I love Pastor Mike Todd. He's got a book out called Crazy Faith. And I love this idea that, you know what, like if we could accomplish it on our own, it wouldn't be crazy. And it wouldn't be faith. So I think about that. The story of Abraham is no different because, again, they are well beyond childbirthing years. Come on, let's talk about it, right? Like they're well beyond, like, like, like he is 75 years old when he gets this promise. And it doesn't, it doesn't start there. Like it, it, it's few years after that that we find out finally what the Bible says is that they're going to end up having a child, but not before this conversation takes place first. Watch. It says this in Genesis chapter 18. That we're going to have faith even though it, even if it seems a little crazy. Watch what the Bible says. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year, and your wife Sarah will have a son. Watch, Sarah, she was peeking in. She was listening to the conversation from the tent. And Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So watch what she did. She laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master, my husband, is also so old? Watch what it says. Then the Lord said to Abram, watch, Abraham, why does Sarah laugh? Why was she, why was she laughing right there? Like, why, why does she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is, and, and this is what I love God's response, right? This is what I want to challenge some of us today. Verse 14, it says this. That is anything too hard for the Lord? Come on, does anybody believe that today on Memorial Day weekend here in 2022? God, is there anything too hard for our God? Is there anything too difficult for Him? Yeah, that may be, they may be way past age. Yeah, it may seem crazy. Yeah, it may seem impossible. But is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. And verse 15 is not going to be up here, but I like this verse anyway. It says this, Sarah was afraid, so she denied saying it. No, I didn't laugh is what she said. And then watch what the Lord said. No, you did laugh, girl. Like, mm, mm, mm. I heard you. I heard you. And I think it just goes back to just telling us, you and I, you know what? What may seem crazy, what may seem impossible, that's the situations where God gets the most glory in. And I just want to challenge some of us. It's almost as if God was saying, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to wait another 25 years after I told you this promise because then I, I guarantee you everybody will look around and say, no, no, no. There's no way that could happen. And guess what? The only way that could happen is through the power and the person of God himself. Humanly speaking, it may be impossible, but come on, y'all, with God all things are possible and I know you may not see it now I know it may not mean much to you now I know what you're walking through may seem crazy now I know it may seem like there's no hope that that'll never change that nothing will ever be different but I just came to declare to somebody today let's ratchet up that faith you know why because we serve the God of the impossible and we serve the God that when there seems to be no way that he makes a way come on if you believe that let's give him a big shout in this place We're going to preach on Memorial Day weekend, y'all. We're going to have some church up in here because I want to try and challenge you. You've been looking at something that seems crazy. 
seems impossible, seems like no way out, seems like there's no way God could use that. And guess what? When you put what you have into the hands of God, when you're obedient to what he called you to do, hey, it may not be on your timetable. It may not seem like, oh, this is logical. But guess what? We serve the God of the impossible, that he can do anything with anybody who's willing to submit their life to him and say, you know what? Use me, even if it seems crazy. And I love that so much. If you go over a few chapters, the Lord, the Bible says, kept his word. Right? He's a promise maker and he's a promise keeper. I love that about God. Like he kept his word and did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant. She was 90 years old, just so y'all know. 90. Somebody, somebody say, that's nasty. Okay, okay. We she became pregnant. She gave birth to a son. Come on, let's edit that out of the... Uh, um, the podcast there, please. That would be great video. Uh, this happened, watch what the Bible says, at just the time God said it would. At just the time. So I came to just remind some of us today, man, God is not operating on yours and my timetable. He's looking for somebody to be obedient. And Abraham, watch what it says, named their son Isaac. So my challenge for you today, even if it seems crazy, are you and I going to take God at his word? Like even if it, like what crazy faith step is God asking you to take? What, what is it? Like something that would not be possible for you to accomplish because if you and I could accomplish it, God doesn't get all the glory that he deserves. What is it that God is, is asking you to do? And I just want to challenge some of us that, you know what, maybe this, this summer, let's ratchet up our faith. And I do this because I'm, I'm, I'm ratcheting down a, a ratchet strap over a, a, a tarp of a, a bunch of stuff on the back of a trailer is what I'm doing, right? Let's just ratchet our faith up. Like let's go after it. Like, let's not take this summer off and say, okay, yeah, when we get back in the fall. No, no, no. Let's ratchet our faith up and believe that God can do impossible things right now, this summer, in your life. What's he asking you to do? What's he asking you to say yes to, even if it seems crazy? And I want to challenge this. The last thing I'm going to talk to us about, and we're going to land the plane, is this idea that, you know what, I'm going to trust. I'm going to have faith that God is always going to do the right thing, even when we don't understand. Even when we don't understand. See, I, I love this story of Isaac being born. He was born, and Abraham was 100. Sarah was 90. And you got to understand this little guy's growing up. And I love what the Bible ends up saying and what ends up talking about and how, how this becomes a, a thing really quick um, of kind of how crazy it can become when we don't understand what's going on. Isaac grows up. Isaac is about 15 or 16 years old, a lot of theologians think. And what begins to happen is God approaches Abraham, and he says, Abraham, I'm going to ask you to go, and I want you to sacrifice your only son on Mount Moriah. I want you to go and do that. And I, this is me talking. I don't believe that God actually wanted him to sacrifice his son. I don't believe that he actually wanted him to do that, but this was a test of faith. I, I really believe, in, and even Abraham reasoned, the Bible says, that if Isaac would have died, that God would have been able to bring him back to life. I think this is a test of faith. And I, uh, again, what's wild about this story and about Abraham, and if Kyle, if you don't mind coming up, I didn't even tell you when it went. Don't y'all love Kyle and his ability to play them spirit keys? I know he hates when I do that. I'm so sorry, Kyle. I love him like a brother. I'm so thankful for him. But this helps me land the plane. This spirit key is about to happen right now, right? And uh, I think about this story, and I think about this guy named Abraham, and I think about Isaac, and he's about 15, 16 years old. And Abraham, this is the son that God had promised to bless him with nations after him. And God approaches Abraham and says, hey, I want you to go, and I want you to sacrifice your son. 
And what's wild to me about this story, if you go back and read all through Genesis, what you'll begin to find is that if you read what happens, Abraham is questioning God kind of along the way. The reason why he's taking uh, the reason why it's taking so long, the reason why, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing, I'm going to kind of do my own way, I'm going to sleep with Hagar, I'm going to try and figure it out myself. And all along, Abraham is trying to say, you know what, I'm questioning God, are you really doing the right thing? But what I love about this, and I don't know what happens, I don't know what this shift might be on the inside of Abraham, but what happens is when God asked Abraham uh, to, to, to go and sacrifice his son Isaac, listen, Abraham had questioned God all up until this very point. And by this point in time, when you get to Genesis chapter 2 or 22, God says to Abraham, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering to me. Guess what Abraham says? Okie dokie. Okay. I will. Works for me. And what does Abraham begin to do? He begins packing up all the stuff. He begins to pack the wood up, getting the wood, getting his son. Isaac never complains, never questions. And Genesis 22 verse 4 says this. They start out on this hike. And on the third day, somebody, that's, that's important right there. If you got your Bible, underline that. So many pointers of this story to the gospel of Jesus and what he did. I just love it so much is the fact that on the third day of the journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And watch what Abraham told the servants. This is so important, so big. I want to just encourage you today. Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there. And then watch what he says. Then we will come back right here. Then we'll come back right back. We. I'm not very good at English major. I was a math guy, right? Got an engineering degree. Not very good at English. But guess what? We, that's a plural pronoun, ain't it? Right? Can we call it what it is? That's not a singular pronoun. That's a plural pronoun. We will come right back down. Now think about that so much. So, so, so let's get this straight. If you were one of those servants and Abraham is throwing this out to you and he says, hey, you know what, I'm going to go up there, I'm going to sacrifice my son, but then we both going to come back down this hill together, right? And you're probably thinking like, yo, Abraham, I don't know if that's how that works, right? Like how, how you think that's going to happen? And I just believe that Abraham would have thought in his mind and in his heart, he says, you know what, I don't have any idea, but with God all things are possible. Now, I know that he's going to do the right thing because by this time, what I love about Abraham is I believe that he is fully thinking and trusting that God is the God that says he, what he's going to do and he's going to end up doing it. That that's, and that's what I'm trying to get you to today. That's what I'm trying to get you in your faith today. See, the more that you serve God, the more that you and I are reminded that he is a promise maker and he's a promise keeper. And I know that God, this is what Abraham thinking, you know what, I, got, I know God promised me that through this boy that I would be the father of many nations and the whole world is going to be blessed. And maybe we thought in the past, you know what, no God, you're wrong, but yet he's still been faithful every time. No God, you missed it, and yet he's right every time. No God, I don't understand, and yet he still came through. No God, I wanted to marry that person. Thank God he he didn't let you come on somebody right like no no God I wanted it to work out this way and he came through every single time and I just believe that the only way that Abraham can walk through and into this impossible situation is that he has the faith to believe that God is the God of all possibilities and that God is a promise maker a promise keeper and he can be trusted and the Bible says that when they arrive to the top of the hill Right, he get up to the place where God told him to go. Abraham builds an altar, arranges everything, uh, the wood on it. Then watch what the Bible says. It says, then he tied his son Isaac and he laid him on top of the wood. 
But think about it really quick. We read the Bible just at face value. Just imagine for a second, this is a 116-year-old man and a 16-year-old boy. Like for just a second, can we just think, okay, if I'm the 16-year-old boy, you know what I'm doing? I'm outrunning the 116-year-old man. You ever seen a 116-year-old move? Not very quickly, okay? Like I'm at least going to dodge him. I'm at least going to do something. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to get, no, 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 no. But watch what the Bible says. It says, then he tied Isaac up. And he laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Again, my money's on the 16-year-old. But what this got me thinking about this week is not only is Abraham trusting God, but Isaac is trusting his father. I think what I see in this story is just a picture of the gospel, a picture of Jesus when Isaac is saying, you know what, hey, you know what, it's not my will, but it's your will be done. I believe for just a second we see another glimpse of who Jesus is who this story is really about and who it's really pointing to. We see what the Bible says. Abraham, he's tied him. He's put him on top of the altar. The Bible says that Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. And at that moment, somebody say, at that moment, right, the angel of the Lord called out from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, yes, Lord, I'm listening, I'm here. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You've not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. So he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. I got to thinking about that and I got to thinking, you know what? Like, like just like a man to miss something right there. You know what I'm saying? Like they both, like was this, was this ram always there? You know what I'm saying? Like, was it any deer hunters in the room? Come on, real quick. Any deer hunters? About three of you. Okay, great. All right. All right. I love to deer hunt. I've done it a lot. And I just imagine for just a second, like, could you imagine going on your way up to your deer stand and you see a deer right there and you're like, okay, wait just a few minutes. I'm going to go to the deer stand. I hope you're still there, right? Like, that's not going to happen. What are you going to do if you saw it? You're going to go after it. You're going you're gonna to take a shot if it's on your land or as you're walking to your deer, whatever, your deer stand or whatever it is. I had to be thinking about this story. Surely they didn't miss it on the way up. Surely they didn't just miss it. I just believe that this is a miracle from God. That this is a miracle that in their time of need, in their moment where they needed to trust God more than anything else, that he would provide a substitute, God provided even in the midst of that. That's what even Abraham said. God, I'm going to name this place that the Lord will provide. And to this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham from heaven. This is what the Lord says. Because you have obeyed me and not withheld even your only son, I swear by my own name I'm a promise maker and a promise keeper that I will certainly bless you I will multiply your descendants beyond numbers like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies and through your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed watch this all because you obeyed me and I'm just trying to encourage somebody today Did you know that as Abraham was counting those stars in the sky, guess what? He was counting some of you in this room. If you are a follower of God, if you are a child of God, you've got to understand that through that same lineage of Abraham, did you know that there came a Savior known as Jesus? That Jesus was born in that same line from Abraham to Isaac, down all the way through the generations that Jesus was born. And Abraham had no idea what hung in the balance based on his decision to say, you know what, I'm going to obey you even when I don't, don't understand. 
I want to challenge some of you today. What is God asking you to take a step in that you may not be on your timetable, that may seem crazy, that you may not understand? What is it that he's calling you to say yes to? I'm asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you specifically. What is he calling you to? Some of you today, that's salvation. You've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus, that this is just a picture of the gospel, that, that there was a substitute made in the middle of that, that, that the son was willing to die for you and I. And this, again, Abraham and Isaac is just a foreshadowing of who Jesus is, and he was. And you may be in this room and you've never said yes to Jesus. That may be your step today. Or some of you, there's a bigger step that you need to take. Even bigger after that. Like, that's the biggest step you could take, period. But there's another step now on the other side of this faith step that you have said yes to Jesus that you need to take another step. What is it that God's calling you to do? Even if you don't understand, even if it's crazy, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's not on your timetable, what's God asking you to say yes to? I just want to ratchet that faith up to say, you know what? You can trust God that if he spoke it to you, if he said that to you, you heard him, it, was, uh, it didn't contradict his word, you heard from God, guess what? That God wants you to say yes to that and watch on the other side of the obedience, watch how generations might be different. That, that literally, because of your obedience, because of your faith, to go out and say yes to what God has called you to, that things in your family can be different, that your faith matters. Listen to Abraham. If he could come out of the stands and he'd say, hey, you know what? Even if it doesn't make sense, even if, if, even if you don't understand it, even if it's crazy, even if it's not on your timetable, just say yes to trusting God. Just saying yes that he is always right, he's a promise maker, and he's a promise keeper. Come on, if we believe that, can we give Jesus a big shout of praise in this place today? And maybe you're here. You need to have a relationship with Jesus. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would everybody in this place just bow your heads and close your eyes? And again... Abraham and Isaac of the Older Testament are just a pointer to who Jesus was and who Jesus is. And that he came, and the Bible even says about Isaac that, that, that the dad, Abraham, laid the wood on the shoulders of his son Isaac. And they started up that hill. That reminds me a whole lot of what Jesus was willing to do. And that he was willing to put the cross on his back and go to the cross for you and for me. And what I love so much about Jesus is that he was willing to say, you know what, I will do that because I'm listening to the will of my Father. Not my will, but your will be done. And maybe you're in here and you've never received that, that sacrifice that Jesus gave for us on the cross. So you gotta understand that our sin stuff that you don't really have to, you don't have to teach it. Man, people are just, it's just in us. That, that You know what that does? It separates us from God. And I just think that for some of us in this room, you need to make that decision today that there's somebody that needs to decide, you know what, I need a substitution for my sin. I need a payment for that sin. And Jesus was willing to do that for you and for me. The Bible says that we've all sinned, that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus, he came even while we were still sinning, and he died on a cross for us. And if we would believe in him, if we put our faith in him, if we say yes, Jesus, to what you have for us, yes to a relationship with you, that you and I would be forgiven. I just love that so much that Jesus, even in the midst of what we were going through, even in the midst of sin, brokenness, bustedness, I could never earn it. I could never be good enough. Yet Jesus said, in the middle of all of that, I'm willing to die for them. I'm willing to make the payment if you'll accept it. Maybe you're here and you need to accept that payment for your sin today. And you say, Jesus, I need you to come in my life. 
If you need Jesus to save you, if you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life today, here, I'm going to ask you to pray something like this. Something similar, doesn't have to be word for word, but just something that you're saying to God. Say this, say this, say, I need Jesus to come in my life and save me. Thank you for dying on a cross for me, Jesus. I put my full trust in you. I, I believe you died for me. I, I give you my life. Be the Lord of my life today. I believe they put you in a tomb, and I believe you got out of the grave, and I serve a risen Savior today. Forgive me, redeem me, help me live for you from this day forward. Maybe you're in this room. Maybe you're listening on the podcast and you prayed something like that. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you if you're in this place, I would just love it if you would acknowledge, hey, you know what? I just prayed that. just prayed something like that. I just said yes to a relationship with Jesus. I I just asked him to come in my life. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to do something by just raising your hand and dropping it right back down. If you could just raise your hand up and if you could drop it right back down, that'd be great. Just raise it up and drop it down. Awesome. 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 Now I want to give you a couple of options. I want to tell you about that we, we want to know about this decision that you just made, that you just said yes to Jesus, the best decision that you've ever made in your life, of saying yes to that relationship with Christ. And we want to be a church that celebrates that. Excuse me. And there's a few ways that we want to know, right, that you can let us know that you just made that decision. One of those ways is that up here on either side of the stage, on the, on the front walls right here, we've got an incredible uh, just prayer team that would love to celebrate with you, love to give you a Bible, that the generous people of Purpose Church have said, you know what, we believe that, that these people need a good Bible that they can read and understand. And, uh, and listen, we want to celebrate with you, want to do it that If that's one way, you can let us know that you just made that decision to follow Jesus today. Another way, if you're listening on the podcast, or even if you're in this room, and you say, you know what, I did just pray to receive Jesus. And I'm, I want to let somebody know, you can actually text the word PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. Text PURPOSE to 270-229-6488. Again, we got a couple different options for you. Come up here and say hi to some of our friends that just want to hug you, tell you we're so proud of you, high-five you. Or you can let us know that way. Either way you do that, we'll love to be, we'd be honored to be able to follow up with you after saying yes to Jesus. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. On the count of three, our search team is going to move. If you did, just pray to receive Jesus. And you want to let somebody know up here at the front, I'm going to count to three. And I want you to move and tell somebody. One, two, three. Our search team is moving. So you're not even the only one moving. We're going to take up our tithes and offerings in just a second. So our team's getting ready for that. I love that. Again, if you don't feel comfortable coming to the front, listen, we love you. We want somebody to know that you made a decision. Don't just walk out of here and not tell somebody. We want you to tell somebody. And we want to be a part of that. So maybe that's you and you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus. We want to know. I love that. I love that. I love it. Maybe I'm going to give a second invitation really quick. Maybe you're in here and you say, you know what? There's something I know God has been calling me to do. I know God has asked me to do and I haven't said yes to it yet. But today is the day that I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to say yes to the thing of God. I have a relationship with God. I have a relationship with Jesus, but, but I know he's been asking me to take a step. It seems a little crazy. It seems a little like, oh, my goodness, it's scary. I don't understand it, but I know today was for me, that, that God was speaking to me, that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. Would you pray for me and as I take that step? If that's you, I would just love it. Just, if you just raise your hand. It's not going to be everybody in here, but if that's you, would just raise your hand, and would you drop it back down? Awesome. 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 
I love that. Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you so much for today, God. We love you. We honor you. Thank you for everything you've done. Jesus, you're an incredible God. Thank you for, for dying for us. Thank you for this promise that you're a promise maker and a promise keeper, that you promise to never leave us nor forsake us. And God, we just thank you that we get to come in this place and lift up your name today, Jesus. It's in the mighty, awesome, powerful, magnificent name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.